I am Citizen 44. Hi, Mom. How are you, honey? I'm good. How are you today? I am fine, thank you. Went to the grocery store. So you and Dad went shopping together? Yes, we did. Daddy does the coupons, and I do the list. Is it coupon or coupon, Mom? Coupon. Coupon. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I'm asking. You're a, you're like an English major speller person, so... Coup- Coupons. Okay. Coupons. Coupons. Okay. So dad's in charge of holding on to the coupons and then uh, dealing with that at the register? No, he just goes through the market collecting everything and putting it in his basket. Ah. And then when we meet at the checkout, we're together. Okay. I got it. So you, you split up. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what we do. And he's filling up his cart with ones with the coupons. Ah, I see. So you're doing non-coupon shopping. He's doing coupon shopping. And he has a separate list. Yes. So I saved $60 today. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's fantastic. So you were not feeling well uh, in the last couple days, Dad said. Oh, you know, the same old, same old. No, this was something else. Oh, maybe this was a week ago because I called him before I did the first show of the year with Scott Balcom, and uh, he said that you were in bed and you weren't feeling well and the town was sick. The what was sick? The, your whole town. Like, everybody had colds or some kind of illness. Oh, oh, the virus, the flu. Oh, yeah, he said cold things, but okay. And did you have that or you didn't have that? No, I did not have that. Oh, good. Okay. But you had your regular stuff. I'm knocking on wood. Are you? Did you hit yourself in the head? Pinocchio? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did the table. What room are you in in your place? In the TV room. In the TV room? Are you watching TV? Yes. We were having lunch, and we bought some soup that was made up from mouse. And I taped a movie, and it's called Junebug. Are you familiar with it? It sounds really familiar, Junebug. Is that like a coming-of-age movie? It's different. Wait a second. It's... Hi, Dad. He said, hi, Dad. A man travels to his North Carolina hometown to introduce his wife, Imbus Davids. To his family, Amy Adams. Oh, yeah, very cute movie. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, it's a comedy, right. Yeah, it's it's Uh, cute. It's a little offbeat. That's why I liked it. It's cute. It's kooky. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say it's stupid, Dad? Yeah. Oh, it's stupid. I don't remember stupid. Maybe it is stupid. I I just remember liking it just based on the title. Uh Uh-huh. And then we have other things to do. Like? Uh, has to get a birthday card. For? Aaron. Oh, when's his birthday? Um, soon. Okay. I think coming up, like, the 18th. Oh, it's coming up. Uh-huh. Okay. Did I tell you we have a fire stick? Yes, you did. So, uh, the story on that is Dad's friend's son bought you this thing, and he's had to move in with you in order for you to use it. Right. 
So he lives with you now full-time as a full-time uh, Amazon stick technician so you guys can watch movies. Right. He came over Thursday because that's his day off, that and Sunday. And then they had to go to Best Buy and I say this very sweetly with this gift was very costly for daddy. Ruh -roh. Oh, for dad, meaning you got this thing, but then dad had to go spend a bunch of money to make it work? Yes. Oh. Ruh well, is it worth it? Was it worth it? That's okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. No, I mean, like, I'm not that so into TV. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It's not helping you watch Jeopardy, I'll tell you that. It's just for movies, right? No, it's all TV shows. What do you mean all TV shows? You mean you get everything, no matter what, everything free? If you go through this thing called Kobe, okay. if you don't, it will cost. Okay. But if you go through this service, yeah. then you see everything for free, like a black box from the old days. Okay, okay, okay. So, so you essentially you get every pay thing. You get HBO, Showtime, all the stuff that would, you would normally have to have a subscription for? Right. Ah. But you don't ask by HBO. You ask for it by program name. Okay. And then what's interesting is, I don't remember the program that he requested. Oh, Oz. You mean the show Oz about the guys in prison? Yes. Oh, that, that was a great show. Yeah, except we got a children's show a couple of times. And okay. you have to go through a provider server. Yeah, okay. And sometimes you have to try a few before it might come on. Or, like I said, it put on a different show. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you're really into TV and there's a gazillion programs, I, I asked for a movie, Yentl. Ah, Yentl. Barbara Streisand. And it didn't play it. Ah, maybe it doesn't like Jews. Uh, maybe. So, like, maybe not that many people watch it. I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, Fiddler on the Roof was uh, one of them. You got the hiccups? Excuse me. Yeah. What's the weather like there? It's beautiful, beautiful. here. About 80. 80? Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that even That doesn't even sound real. What month are we in? It's 80? I found your son's watch. Oh, where was it? Inside the couch. Oh. Down inside, along the side. Oh, too bad you didn't find it before you mailed me my stuff. Thank you very much that I received today at my door oh. from the female mail person, delivery person, while I didn't have my shirt on. Oh, what is it? There was a knock That's on the door at about 1130. And I said, who is it? And they said, ah, nah. and I said, yeah, I didn't understand who they said. And I opened the door and it was the, the female uh, mail carrier person uh, wondering who I was, why I was here now, and where were the other people that were here before, after I left. So, yeah. Oh, you were put through the Inquisition? Ah, 
Just a little bit of the Spanish Inquisition. Donde esta la casa de Pepe? It only took a minute. Yeah. And she handed me the envelope directly that you prepared with those things in it after you obviously did not find my battery charger. No, I forgot. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I just, I, it only occurred to me today because in about I, uh, five minutes, I'm going to leave here, get on my electric bike that I've been loving. Even in the cold weather, if I dress with gloves and layer up, I, I can ride my electric bike everywhere. I, I've been doing that at night. When did you get it back? A week ago or so, I guess. I walked over to the hostel where I was staying, and I used it to do my laundry. It's been brilliant. I've now repurposed my travel backpack. I now shove it full of dirty clothes. I ride my electric bike, do laundry. I ride my electric bike. I go grocery shopping and fill up my backpack full of groceries. So uh, in a few minutes here, I'm going to get ready and I'm going to get on my electric bike. And I'm going to go over to uh, Val and the kids' house because Zoe wants uh -huh. to do uh, some photography. So we're going to go walk around and she's going to take pictures and we're just going to hang out for a little while. Very good. Yeah, I guess she has another photo project, but I think she really enjoys the picture-taking experience, which I'm so happy for her. And, right. uh, and And so we're going to do that today while it's beautiful outside. Wow, great. Yeah, yeah. Any, you know, any so, excuse to see my kids, of course. It's still cold? Yeah, it's, no, he says he's, he wears uh, a hat and gloves and he's riding his bike. He loves it. It is cold, but today... It is only 53 degrees. It's practically summer outside right now. 78. No, I thought it was 80. Yeah, 80. Tomorrow it's going to be 60 degrees and sunny all day, and then Sunday night it starts clouding up, and then Monday it starts to rain. But still 57 degrees on Monday with rain. So, yeah, it's good. Wow. But that's that's beautiful. I mean, I'm, it's all beautiful, but it's been a little cold and a little wet. The rain we had, what was it, two days? And look at all those people dead. They can't find seven of them. What are you talking about? I'm talking about up near Santa Barbara, Montecito. From the rain came the sludge. The 101 was shut down. The mountains just slid. Oh, my goodness. It's huh. horrible. They've been digging. I mean, the... They're looking for dead people underneath. Oh, that's too bad. Horrible. Man, Mother Nature is just coming back with a vengeance in the past year. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Well, you know. Yeah. I guess if you punch someone in the face enough times, maybe they'll punch you back once in a while. Anyway, I know that has nothing to do with it, but still. I am going to now put my shoes on and my coat on and my hat on, and I'm going to get on the bike. And I'm going to go have fun with my daughter, your granddaughter. My precious granddaughter. She is Tell precious. her if she's ever bored or wants to say hello, give a buzz. I will. That, yeah, sure. I, I'll let her know that you are available to receive uh, telephone communications. Right. Telephone and, and, if she, and if it's better for her to whatever the message thing... I'm a little slow on that, but 
I accept anything from her. I, I understand. So I will definitely drop that non-guilt-laden seed that uh, your grandmother would love to communicate with you when you have time if you think about doing that. Right. Yeah. I'm available. Yeah, you're available. Okay. Well, would you uh, right. give Dad a big hug and a kiss and all that sloppy business for me? Uh, you and two... Uh, Zoe too today, and if you see Sam, to Sam too. I'll give Sam I some of that. I really do, but I don't want to do that to you. Yeah, uh, Monday Sam has a little wrestling thing at the high school I'm going to attend, so I'll, uh, I'll try and remember to take some pictures and maybe some video of that six foot one, two hundred forty eight pound, thirteen year old uh, doing wrestling. Okay, that sounds like a winner too. Okay, mom, love you. Have fun today. Thank you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Okay, so I'm teaching Zoe how to play AC Ducey, and you've never heard of it, right? AC Ducey is a form of backgammon that Vapor Dave taught me when we lived on the corner of Holly and Gresham. Remember that house? It was a cool house. Did you like that house? Yes. Do you remember it? Yes, I do. What do you remember about it? I liked my room. I remember the time it was 4th of July and you and Sam went up to the roof to watch the fireworks and you tried to get me to do it and I got like up to half like the flat part of the roof and you were trying to get me to go over the pointy part and I cried because I was scared. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of the house was the roof and the uh, patio and you know Vapor Dave lived right next door. Do you remember him? Tall, skinny, long-haired dude. Did Sam puke near him? Did he puke near us? Someone puked. That's what I remember about that guy, is there was puke. He puked? Someone puked. Either, like, Sam puked at his house or something like that. I don't know. Actually, Vapor Dave saved Sam's life uh, last year. How? Uh, He saw Sam walking across the street, and Sam wasn't looking where he was going. Dave yelled out to Sam, watch out! I think is what he said. Uh-huh. And and Sam got out of the way of the car. I do not like crossing that main street Yeah. on the way to Addie's. It's intense. I but, can't tell when cars are gonna stop for me or not, and it's... Well, you have to make a move. Yeah, I keep walking, but... No, I know, but I'm just saying, even, you know, step out onto the street mm-hmm. and look at people, like, get eye contact with them, and then you know they will stop unless they want to kill you. <laughs> Thusly, they will not stop and they'll laugh <laughs> while they look at you and run over you. Vapor Dave was here actually yesterday with his son, Kingston. They just showed up at the door and then Kingston took almost all his clothes off and danced around and jumped on the bed. It was very funny and silly. Anyway, okay, so pick up the dice. You're going to roll one. Oh, now you have to roll the other one, tied on threes. Oh, AC Ducey. So actually... You rolled the two, so you go first. I'll explain as you go. So roll your dice. So you, you can take out a five and a three, or you can take out a three and move it five, or a five and move it three. Up to you. What do you mean a five? Meaning here's a five. Yeah. You take one and put it on the five, and you can move it three, or you can take two out. Put one on three and one on five. The whole idea is you want to get all your guys in here, and then out. Four and two. Your turn. Three and two. Now you don't want to keep going because you don't want him stuck out there in no man's land and get killed or be uncovered. You want to get your guys out. So he goes. Two and three. Yep. Here. Yep. Thank you and have a nice day. Six and three. 
Your turn. How was school today? Good. I had to take a physics test, though. A physics test? Yeah. And how was that? Not the best. Okay. I have to finish it tomorrow because I'm like the slow kid who has to go in at lunch to start the physics test, then have the whole period and still not finish. There's nothing wrong with being slow. So three, one, two, three, that's two, three, four. Yeah, and how do you feel you did on the test? At best, like a good B. Oh. At worst, like a medium, like a C. Like medium to well done C. C. Or like a B plus at best. Okay. Solid C at worst. Oh. Look out, flying dice. Everybody clear the deck. One, two, three, four, five. Why are you making them go together? Because it's kind of like moving an army. They're protecting each other. They're both covered, so you can't kill them because they're covered. You've got all your guys here. Mm -hmm. Try not to leave a guy out on a limb on your next roll. Cover up. That's the key to this game and backgammon is keep yourself covered. So you can cover him with a six. No, you don't count good. You're not this, good counting. This guy's no, that's not six. That's five. This guy's gonna yeah. do it. So count that. <laughs> I'm, I'm wow, dude, that's not a space. That's that. not a space. One, two, three, four, five, six. Good, now you have a two still. Yeah. Oh. Right. And take the dice. Okay. Are you flipping me off, 17 year old? Oh, look what I just got. AC Ducey. So I think you have to do the. AC Ducey? What? Ace, one, Ducey, two. So I get, here's how, here's how AC Ducey works. I have to move the two first or the one first? <laughs> I like that you're teaching me a game and you don't even know the rules. I think I'm going to have to call Dave. Ask Siri, you know? No, I'm not asking Siri. I ask Dave. She is dumb. Screw Siri. Siri. She's Siri's an idiot. Dumb. So Why phone. is it that American Siri is dumber than British Siri? That's the real question. I don't know. Do you remember Dave? Yes. It hasn't changed a bit in however many years sure it's human been. in my brain. Yeah. Just a tall, skinny, surfer-looking dude. He may not answer. His mother just came in from... Dave, quick question. You're on the show. Uh, I'm teaching Zoe how to play AC Ducey. I just got an AC Ducey. I remember, do you take the one or the two first? Come on, man, the one. It is the one. Okay, well, because it's called AC Ducey, but I had like a brain fart and something was telling me maybe you move the two first, but that makes no sense. That would be called Ducey AC. Yeah, that's a good point. Say hi to Zoe. Hey, Zoe. Hey. Hey, as she takes a you sip guys, of water. Well, man, uh, you guys playing for like a dollar a point? Uh, no, we're not. We, You and I didn't even play for a dollar point when you were here last time. I know. No, I'm just teaching her. I don't gamble with people in, in the experimental and educational phase of, of gaming. <laughs> Are you with your mom? Yeah, we just got in my house. Oh, nice. Hi, Mom. Oh. Hi. Okay, love you guys. See you later. Thanks for the tip. Hey, Mark. See you, man. Bye, buddy. Oh, by the way, good tip on the bike. I did take my bike. Okay, he hung up already. So loud, okay. Dad. You're like screaming. Because well, it's on a speakerphone. AC, Ducey. Now I get to do doubles, any double I want. Why? Because that's part of the game. So I'm going to do double sixes. There's two, and one, two, three, five, six. No. Now I roll again. Wait, I'm going over here? I thought I was just hanging out. No, you got to get all the way in here, dude. Jesus. Double fives. I'm killing it like a mother. There's one, 
and one, two, three, four, five. Wait, why did you roll again? Because on AC Ducey you get to roll again. So AC Ducey is like magic, do it's, whatever the F you want time. Well, kind of, yeah, it is. That's exactly okay. right. Your turn. Can I make these guys go together? Yes. Okay. 44. One, two, three, four. Yep, and move another group of four. By the way, she just rolled a Citizen 44. Everybody, Mark Ahrensberg here. Welcome to Citizen 44. Well, here's something interesting. Yesterday, I uh, had to run a little errand. Gloria Albanel, who is my guest on today's show, had left her water bottle here in my apartment and had sent me a uh, message and uh, asking me to please take it over to Agave and uh, she could pick it up there one day when she was working. So I did that. I, uh, I took her water bottle over there and then uh, strolled back through the downtown area, crossing uh, North Main, heading southbound on North Main. And uh, I was approaching the Ashland Police Department substation when uh, to the right in my peripheral vision, I noticed, I think, a gold Toyota Camry going backwards, crossed across the street, going not with the flow of traffic, but perpendicular to uh, North Main uh, at a high rate of speed, uh, uh, just about to uh, crash into the substation. And there was only like literally a car's width room between a fire hydrant and a bench. That's it. And uh, uh, the driver, a, a seemingly much older uh, Caucasian gentleman with white hair, stomped on the brakes just before literally crashing through the doors of the, uh, uh, the police substation. The gentleman seemed like he was okay. He seemed like he maybe was 90 years old and maybe that was his last time behind the wheel of an automobile. But I took this all very, you know, with equanimity. I stood there and just watched it and watched it unfold. Now, if I had been delayed maybe two seconds, literally, uh, I probably would have been struck and killed by the car unless I pulled some kind of a, you know, a kung fu zen move that I did a flip over the front of the car, some kind of crazy cartoon-like thing. But um, fortunately... Timing worked out for me, and I avoided being struck by this automobile. And uh, as soon as the, uh, uh, the gentleman brought the car to a stop, a male police officer exited uh, the police substation and demanded that the driver put the vehicle in park, uh, which he did. I, uh, I went around the back of the car and, and headed home and uh, looked at the police officer and said, Hey, man, I didn't know you guys had drive-up service and then uh, saw the perplexed look on his face and uh, headed home. And after I got home, I realized, uh, I need to go back and kind of check in on all that. So I made myself a cup of coffee, put it in a to-go container, and uh, walked back to the substation, entered the substation, and inquired about the situation. Well, turns out the guy was only in his 70s, 
and his uh, shoe became entangled in the accelerator. So that's what happened, and uh, and that's it. And they were very animated and uh, and excited about the whole thing. And the woman behind the desk, the re- I guess the police receptionist person, person uh, was very grateful that the vehicle did not come through the building because she was sitting right there and watched the whole thing. So that must have been super trippy. So there you go. Here I am. Can't kill me. Not yet. Not that day. Not in that way. And then the day before that, uh, quite a different experience. My daughter uh, has been really into her digital media class and and digging uh, photography, which I'm super stoked about. We had done a project a couple of weeks ago where we went out and shot, uh, well, actually she did. I didn't do any shooting. I'm just, you know, I'm along for the ride, man. Uh, but she shot some uh, uh, images using depth of field. That was the, uh, the uh, scope of the project, shooting depth of field. And she was digging it, and we walked around, and I took her in parts of Ashland she had never been in before, and she was really digging kind of this new uh, visual experience that was happening. And uh, I love that I am her guide, her Ashland guide. So the other day, I rode the, uh, the bike over to Val's house and, uh, and uh, grabbed Zoe at 2.30, and then we went to walk and talk and uh, shoot some more for another project. Uh, and this project was... Uh, some shots needed to be reflective, other shots needed to be in a graveyard, and uh, some other shots of reclamation where uh, some kind of an object, a man-made object or otherwise, was left behind and uh, nature reclaimed it uh, in some way. So that was fun. Again, the older they get, the easier it gets. I, I let Zoe know that uh, you know time is an illusion and that uh, I know that when she's shooting and she's having a great time, that time does not exist. This reality that we think is this thing of boxes and jobs and, and this and that, that they're just all, you know, it's all made up. We made it all up. It's M-A-N, man, and you factured. It's manufactured. But when you do something you're passionate about and you love, time is, it doesn't exist. Nothing exists except you in the moment. And uh, so I, I love watching Zoe be in the moment and really just like, oh, uh, she's into it. So it was fun walking around the graveyard. And and uh, I noticed a, a stone there I didn't notice before uh, for David Grubbs, who actually was killed on my birthday in 2011, uh, practically beheaded in the park. Very dramatic, very in Shakespeare style, frankly. Anyway, was, I had never seen the stone before. And uh, so that was interesting to kind of walk through the cemetery with Zoe and, and analyze when people came and went and things of that nature. It was just cool. Anyway, so we did that and then went to Market of Choice, grabbed some food. I walked her home and, uh, and, and that was fun. And I could do that all the time. I'm, I'm glad that I'm available to my kids in that way. Uh, tomorrow, actually at four o'clock, speaking of kids, uh, my son Sam, my six foot one, 248 pound, 13 year old son Sam, uh, is participating in what's called an open mat at Ashland High School, whereby uh, he on the wrestling team at the middle school will be doing some kind of wrestling at the high school. So I'm going to meet him there. It'll, uh, I'm stoked to, to watch him do this. It's my first uh, introduction into his world, his wrestling world. I, too, as I let him know, wrestled. I wrestled in high school and, and really enjoyed wrestling. And because I'm the opposite of Sam, this short, fire-pluggy, 
close to the ground, center of gravity kind of dude. Uh, I actually uh, uh, had a lot of success uh, wrestling and uh, enjoyed the strategery of uh, uh, mano a mano, man on man. And so that, that'll be really exciting for me to see Sam uh, doing this thing that he's, he's uh, taken to. I, I love that he's finally found some kind of physical something. Uh, I didn't really care about organized sports so much, but some kind of way to work his body. And, uh, and they do. They get in the weight room, and they do all this stuff, and, and he's, he's physical, and it's good because he's a big dude, man. He needs to stay physical. Um, so there's that. And then tomorrow, uh, we nationally recognize uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. And I'm stoked about that, and uh, I'm so grateful to a man who's done so much for so many. Uh, and, uh, and I have a special relationship with this because while my children were uh, attending Walker Elementary School, this school in particular uh, would do a march every year through the streets of Ashland, ending up uh, in a large room at uh, Southern Oregon University for celebration of what the young uh, black youth of America doing to help change everything for everybody and make this a more reasonable environment for us to coexist. I mean, even the other night I watched the new uh, Letterman show called Next Guest and his first guest, first show was uh, President uh, Barack Obama, who got a Beatles-style <laughs> uh, welcome. Because, of course, man, when you look at what's going on and racism came up and uh, and David asked him, uh, you know, is this about color? And he said, no, it's not about color. It's about privilege. It's about back in the day when white privilege just went from, you know, you know, staking a claim, then ownership, then voting. And it's just been all about exclusivity and not inclusiveness. So... And so tomorrow's a day to reflect on all that and how far we've come. And yes, I think we've hit another dip in the road uh, since crossing that bridge at Selma. But uh, I think it's temporary, as uh, I've heard others say. And uh, I think it's going to work out okay. Uh, it's just a matter of time. But the time is right now. And, uh, and, and now's the time to do things. Now's the time to uh, become a participant in a different level. I mean, the reason... Uh, through listening to uh, many speeches of Dr. King, the reason that he had so much success clearly was, as he stated over and over again, uh, it was he was well-organized. It was a well-organized uh, effort that required many people uh, who have the same agenda and uh, want to see results. Uh, and it had to be a results-oriented effort. And if we want to make those kinds of significant strides uh, we need to organize and uh, be willing to sacrifice uh, self and body and everything, everything. Uh, but we're not, we're not there yet. We're a little too comfortable, a little too lazy, and that's all fine in due time, in due time. But uh, uh, part of the reason I do this show is uh, for these reasons, uh, just really to become aware of certain things at certain times. And now is the time to become aware, uh, maybe exercise a little bit of this uh, Declaration of Independence type thinking of uh, taking it back, coming up with something else, leveraging what we already know, stop uh, being engaged in Einstein's theory of insanity, of doing things over and over again, expecting a different result, are, are probably most uh, painful and uh, ridiculous lesson that we, uh, we continue to toil in. But so be it, man. The idiot that I am knows that we can do much better. 
And it's just a matter of more people knowing, demanding, doing, executing, making it happen. We should all be able to do what we want and uh, follow our passions and feel loved and feel safe and feel nourished and feel like we belong. It's coming. I'm telling you. That shit is coming. I hope I see it in, in the time that I'm here. Uh, there's a good chance that I will not. It doesn't matter. I'm having a really good time. I love making the show. I love that I get to do things the way I want to do things and that my, uh, my community here supports me and, uh, and my parents support me. Play the thankful card, folks. That's the ticket. Be grateful for what you have and uh, share. You know, my ex-wife bought me this uh, little dish thing. It's a rectangle like glass dish. It says Wednesday uh, 27. Live simply, expect little, give much, fill your life with love, scatter sunshine, forget self, think of others and do as you would be done by. Well, that's it. But that needs to be something that our children know unequivocally. This is not up for debate. Value systems are set. We have mutual appreciation. And these are the things that are going to lift us up to the next level of this evolutionary process. We must begin to start educating, training high-quality human beings. That's the ticket. High-quality human beings. Right now, we are at average at best, below average based on our behavior. We need to start doing what we would do if we were the military training soldiers we need to train human beings to be super high level, super competent, super conscious, super loving, super reasonable. Equanimity now, man. Here we go. How do you pronounce your married last name? Albanel. It is Albanel. And Hallelujah is my middle name. Seriously? Yes, seriously. Is that by your mom and your dad? Yep. My mom is a singer. I, I don't know. My dad's probably the hippie side of it. Huh. And where are you from? Well, I was born in San Diego and grew up in Hawaii. Ah, so you're SoCal and then off to the island? Of the... Yeah, but I was only two, so I don't really count it. You don't count the I don't Southern even... California? Yeah, I don't even know San Diego at all. Yeah. Well, how could you? You were only two. Why did your parents move to Hawaii? My dad wanted to go to Hawaii. What's his background? He was actually from San Diego. Born and raised? Born and raised. Yeah. Yeah, traveled all around. You know, he was in the Vietnam War. Oh, oh. So maybe just when he retired, he went there. How, how many tours did he do? One at least. I don't really know. Did he not, did he not talk about it? He did, but he was definitely not wanting to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So we had to try and get some information, but also like know when to back off. How's he doing? He's good. I actually, now he lives 11 minutes from me. Or oh, I live awesome. 11, 11 minutes from him and hung out yesterday. Been definitely having a lot of good time with my dad. Huh. More than usual, meaning? Like as you get older and he gets older? Well, I just moved back up here. From Oakland? From Oakland. And yeah. before that, when, when I lived here, he lived in Hawaii. Mm. And then he, he was actually in a veteran's hospital. Just He was the only one left in our family on the island. Yeah. And he was just alone and like, you know, kind of not with all of us. Right. And so he wanted to move here. Yeah. So he made that happen and 
now after moving up here i get to see him just whenever i want to that's awesome he, he must be super stoked to I be think here so. with his family we went out and ate yesterday and i went with him to the school he's taken some classes and he uh brought his little tiny dog in to see if dog could come to his class he's actually about to go to class right now and what's he, the class I don't know which class he's doing today, but he, he said he's taking, like, physics and some Islamic religion. Where's I don't he, know. He's Where's he doing this? Um, Ollie. It's at SOU, but it's, oh, like, the senior. I know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he's allowed to bring his dog, so he was really happy. Super cool. How old is he? He's turning, I think he said 73, okay. 74, okay. 73. He was born in 45. My mom is here, too. Oh, okay. She lives in Ashland, also. Well, actually, my dad lives in Medford. Do they still speak? They do speak. It was kind of not so friendly speaking for a little bit, but they do pretty good now. How long have they been divorced? Since, gosh, I don't... Whenever we all, all of us kids, or six of us, whenever we all got out of the house and... Six of you, that's why they're divorced. That's enough. Come on, <laughs> what do I got to do? <laughs> six kids. That's a that's, lot. That's crazy. Well, maybe in Hawaii it's easier to just send you off to the beach. That's exactly did what we did. Did they do that? Oh, yeah. We were just at the beach all the time. That's kind of genius. I mean, where else would you want to be anyway? Seriously. Did you have to be dragged back in like we did back in the day when I didn't have video games and all that stuff and we were outside all the time? Absolutely. And cried, come in for dinner. It's like, no. Yeah. That's when you wanted to say fuck you to your parents. Yeah. yeah. I remember getting to shower in the hose, you know. That Still was, doing that? That was the life. No, it's a little cold for me. <laughs> I right. can't handle this cold. Where do you fit in the six? I'm the third. It's brother, sister, me, sister, two younger brothers. Wow. How they all doing? Awesome. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Everybody's well-adjusted to the world? Yeah, as far as I know. How many married? How many not? How many kids? How many not? So we've got older brother married, one kid. She's so cute. Oh, my God. I got to hang out with her yesterday. Where do they Chubby live? Thing here in Ashland. Oh, okay. She's one. And then older sister... She has the oldest kids um, who are close to my older son's age. Which is how old? Rafa's eight. Okay. And so my sister has a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, a boy and girl. And they're here too? They're here too. Yeah. Five minutes from Everybody's us. here, right? Not everybody. Who's not the here? The two younger brothers are not at okay. the moment. So then me, I have two kids. How old are they? Eight um, and... Eight and four. Okay. Boy and a girl. Yeah. And then younger sister has... Um, he's almost three. Hmm. They live here in Ashland. Okay. And then one younger brother went back to Hawaii. That's the next youngest. And then the last one is in between, like, Northern California, well, and the Bay Area okay. right now. Okay. So close-ish. So that's, you guys, most, the majority of you are in the same area. Yeah. That's very cool. And your dad just must be out of his mind happy about having all that family around Yeah, I now. think so. They got divorced when he, so I they were, they they, came, did they came here together? They did not come here. My mom came here first. So growing up, we always had two houses also. His and hers? No. One was Beach House, which is where we were all through the week. And then Malka House, which is Mountain, where we went for the weekends. Oh. Which we had a tiny TV there. So we did get some TV in like Nintendo time. Okay. We like TV. You know, like Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. <laughs> we really? Watched. That's what you watched? <laughs> we did. At, at what age were you watching Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman? Uh, like Who's that actress? Green? No. Pretty sure Jane Seymour or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's yeah. got two different color eyes. She's Blue like one green. of those dogs, white dogs with two different color those eyes. Those are the best. We had a really Dalmatian. Like you don't that. remember that specific? I don't. No, I remember um, Sully. 
Scully. Scully? I don't remember the show. I just remember her because she's quite beautiful. Well, and he that, was too. I remember both of them, but... But you don't remember she had two different color eyes. Not, no, I don't. Oh. I don't know why. Okay. What else did you watch? Um, Sesame Street. Is this at the same age? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That'd Probably. be a little weird. That Sesame was the daytime. Oh. That was, yeah, I remember okay. watching that Saturdays. I think it was on before my mom's... What did she watch? Days of Our Lives? No. One Life to Live? No. Is it a soap? Yeah. Okay. All My... All My Children? All My Children? Was that the one? On ABC? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was on... And still on ABC. Is it still on? I don't know. Some of those we are don't still watch, on. We don't have cable anymore. Yeah, I haven't had yeah, a TV I, no in, I don't know how many... A couple dozen years or something. Yeah, I'm not in the TV world. Yeah. But you I are in the digital world. I finally watched Lost. Really? Yeah. What'd you think? <laughs> it was fun. Did you watch the whole 10 years? It's 10 years, I right? I think we watched the whole thing. It was like a date night with husband kind of thing for us. Did you binge it? Um, some nights. Wow, you just sounded like a record. That was cool. that was awesome, right? Was I'm so good. good. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to that part of this whole thing later. <laughs> <laughs> You're done with it now. You watched all of it. Yeah. Okay. But I I have some nights that I'm like, oh, I just wish I was watching Lost right now. And it took me forever to watch Lost because I knew that it would suck the life out of my time. Yeah, it's a time vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a good vampire. You yeah. Know? Like I enjoyed it, but definitely. Sometimes would rather be watching Lost. Right. Is there a bumper sticker with that? Rather watch Lost. Okay. How'd you do in school? What do you mean? I was a perfect child. No, I was teacher's pet. Were you? Yeah. I was really shy. Like, really uncomfortably shy. Huh. Is that because of your five brothers and sisters? I don't know. Vying for time? Did you have much time with your parents with all those people in the house? Or did you guys just kind of do your own thing? I remember being the one like, Mom, Mom, watch me, look at me, look at me. Mm. You know, I did was... Did she? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, she... I think it was annoying all around. But you did well in school, or you... Yeah, I did really good. Kind of, you know, straight-A student. That kind Were of. you, huh? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't necessarily, like, great at it. It was more of a an authority thing. Like, I didn't want to get in trouble. Oh, so you were scared. Oh, that too. So fit well, you just said authority, so you were driven totally. by fear, perhaps. Yeah. To do well? Yeah, to do well. I like doing well. Yeah, for myself, too. That's better of a motivator. But yeah, teacher's pet, so I did, I kind of was like Yeah, how could you be afraid of the teacher when you were the pet? Did you bring an apple to school with that kind of pet? No. Oh, So sweet. in third grade, I had this teacher who, he would give me M&Ms. I, was, <laughs> I also was like bribed ET? easily. You were bribed easily? Yeah, by candy. Thank goodness nothing horrific yeah. happened to you. No, I was smart about that kind of stuff. Okay, good. But I did love candy, and yeah. that's part of the reason I was like, hey, look at me, look at me, just dancing all over the place. You still love candy? Um, I love... Yeah, but yeah. you're a healthy person now, right? I am. Like a disgustingly healthy but person. But that's the problem, because I do love sugar a lot. Yeah. It's a love-hate, because I know it's really bad for me, and I then crave it, and I'm like, I want to eat chocolate. I eat enough for both of us. Um, I probably eat more than both of us. Do you think? Together. No. Bullshit. I live over a candy store. I literally live over a candy store. And not only do I live over Rocky Mountain Chocolate, which is almost below us. So they know you. I have a friend in the business. <laughs> Young Connor, whose uh, girlfriend is Thai. He's going to Thailand in February. Is my new little buddy who gives me free candy. <laughs> That's not good. I get free candy too. Do you? Where do you get free candy? Everywhere. What do you do for free Actually, candy? Actually, I got free candy at my gym last night. Isn't that counterintuitive to going to the gym? Well, or is that a reward system? 
No, it was just, they have candy, so I eat it. Well, they have donuts and Coca-Cola at the cancer clinic. I do not eat those. Yeah, all right. What kind of candy do you like? Chocolate. What kind? Any specific brand kind? It's the ones with the little poems in them. What are those? God, I... Poems? So, there's a poem in it. <laughs> Is it a local I should be embarrassed. I don't know if it's even local. I should be embarrassed. You I'm, eat all this all the time? Up. You don't know? Yeah, shut up. Um, I really like the chocolate that's inside the package. I don't even always read the poem. <laughs> okay. So it's um, dark chocolate, but it kind of tastes like milk chocolate. Huh. And then there are almonds and sea salt. Where do you get it? Um, healthier stores. I don't Any, know. Market of choice. Okay. You can get it. Actually, Fred Meyers has them. It's like a yellow package. I don't know. We'll go to the store one day, and then you can show it to me so I can buy some if it's that good. Yep. And maybe read the poem. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. How'd you do in high school? Did you start coming oh, out of your shell God. at some point? Because clearly you are out now. Fuck. Yeah, high school, I started rebelling, got in with the wrong crowd. Oh, what crowd was that? Those were like, you know, the drug dealer people. Really? Totally. In high school? Yeah. You went from zero to 60 like that? I, I don't know what happened. Did you navigate through that without much difficulty? Um, or did you get in trouble? I got into some, some trouble for sure. Did you? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go to jail or anything. But definitely did really bad things to my body, or for my body. Ah, interesting that you changed two well, to four. Yeah. Four is that you did it because at the time, you thought that's what your body wanted. So you did do it for your body, right? Two. Well, I wasn't, well what I meant was I'm, I wasn't like mutilating my body, but I was putting, you know, chemicals and drugs into my what body. What kind? Oh God, is this going out there? Who gives a shit, really? I we know. all do drugs in some yeah, way or another. Yeah, I did another. a ton of ecstasy. Really? Yeah. In high school? In high school. You were happy all the time, weren't you? Your head no, was bopping? No, because that's the thing. It, it kind of, it took it out of me. Oh. So then I was really depressed. Oh, because it's very unnatural what it was yeah. doing to you. Yeah, so oh. it, it like sucked the life out of so me. So it and did then, the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I experimented with some of the other drugs too, but that was definitely the most... Fun, and the one I did probably the most hmm. in high school. In what venue? How did you do this? At a graveyard, actually. <laughs> we well, we well, partied a... at a graveyard a lot, which, you know, at the time... And this I, was in Hawaii? This was in Hawaii. Okay. And I got really freaked out at first because, you know, my friends, that's just, that's what they did. They partied at a graveyard. And so that was freaky in the yeah. first place. And so I would go around, like, feeding the dead people and... Did you, you do know, this at night or during the day? At night. Yeah. When a graveyard is more impactful. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, being on drugs and tripping and hallucinating. Like, yeah. I, you know, I definitely saw people having a picnic there that weren't really there. Well, maybe they were. Hmm. They had a blanket and everything. Well, you know, why is what you see any less real than what you're seeing right now? Other than that went away because you were taken out of that reality. The other really th trippy thing that I saw was a couch. So there was this big tombstone that we would dance on. And I saw a couch, like, on the edge of it, facing toward, you know, the tombstone. If I had sat on it, and I started walking toward it to sit on it. Yeah. If I had sat on it, I would have fallen, like, 10 feet onto, like, gravel. And then something made me realize it wasn't really there. So that was good that I didn't sit on that couch. Huh. There's your lesson <laughs> for drugs. Don't sit on the couch don't if you don't know it's really there. I guess, yeah. So how long did this go on? Well, okay. I graduated when I was 16. I got because... all of because I wanted to get out of there. I was on an island. I was in the wrong crowd and I knew it. 
I kind of just wanted to sleep all day, even though I was just at the beach. Where were your parents while you guys were all doing your stuff? Was your mom working at all? She was a substitute teacher. Oh, in the Not same the school? Not the entire time. Sometimes she, it was kind of just all around. Were you yeah. ever in her class? Yeah. How'd that, that was go? fun. Are you lying? No, it was actually oh, really fun. Okay. She was like the friend of all the kids. It, oh, was, it was pretty she cool. She was the cool lady. She was the cool one. Wow, that's really awesome that and your mom the was Gloria, the cool teacher. Your mom. Yeah, she was cool. Okay. How long did she do that? She's actually still doing that. She's still a substitute teacher? Uh-huh. Around here? All around. At the middle school, high school? I don't know. Elementary all of school? All of them. Medford too. What's your name? Mrs. what? I guess Hanson. Hanson? Yeah, I don't know if they call her that. And it wouldn't be Mrs. anymore. Right. What's her first name? Catherine. Catherine Hanson? Yeah. Okay. So you graduated when you were 16. Did you have to take the GED or? No, I actually, I, I was smart about it. My brother kind of did this too. So my oldest brother. Mm -hmm. So I kind of followed what he did. He actually was going to school for his senior year, like half a day, every other day. And I was like, that sounds awesome. That's not really what I ended up doing. So I was on the younger side anyway, because my birthday's in November. November what? 15. Oh, we're right there. Mine's a 19. Oh, that's right. Oh. I remember that. Hmm. You're not a Scorpio? Uh, yes, I am. Oh, no wonder. Are you? Yes, I well, am. we're only four days apart. For some reason, I was thinking Scorpio went to the beginning of the month. But no. Wait, I don't know. Do you know that you're a Scorpio? Yes. You're not a Sagittarius? No. So when does it change? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm not a guy who But I thought it things. was like around the middle. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get out of there by... Uh, so my freshman year, I decided to take whatever history I needed. I don't know if it was civics, whatever. I took my history for ninth grade and 10th grade. Okay. Oh, at the, the same, same time. Year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that sucked because it was really hard and it was with all the people above me. Right. And then I think I probably needed some of the other stuff from the year before. And I took that as, that was my elective. Okay. And you know what? Our, our school didn't have a ton of great electives that I was excited to pick from. Right. So I did take electives because they were required, but I took like ceramics, I had to take mechanics. What else did Mechanics? You like mechanics. auto mechanics? Yeah. Like you get Yeah, I know how to change and... a tire. Okay. That's about it. Okay, so that paid off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had one more class that I needed to take and I decided to do a correspondence class. Oh. So for my last year, I just thought of something. Um, I remember studying just at home, reading the books, Wuthering Heights, and you know, blah. Don't get, don't let me talk about it because I don't know anything about that book. I don't either. <laughs> but it was required, and so I made that happen. But I remember hanging out with the ex-boyfriend at the time, who like got me into all those drugs. Why are you whispering? He's not here. He might listen. Oh, yeah, or, but you didn't mention his name. That's okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my kids yesterday got them both from school and they were talking about how back in the day when you were 30, you were like the great, great grandmother. And I was like, you guys know I'm 32, right? And they're like, yeah, mama, you are like great, 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 great. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, see, I'm that's old. a beautiful place to be because how old are they? Four and eight? Yeah. Yeah. It was precious. What are their names? Rafael and Carmencita. Carmen Sita, and you made that shit up, right? We totally made it up. Yeah, I think you told me that when I was at Agave that, that you made your daughter's name up. <laughs> well, I think that we had actually seen something online that was similar. I don't know mm. if it was actually... I think people have had that entire name. I mean, it just means little Carmen, yeah, doesn't exactly, it? Yeah, exactly, but 
when I tell people what her name is, either they'll say a totally different name, like Carmela. Actually, that happened the other day. I was telling this guy what her name was, and I was saying it. He speaks Spanish, and I was saying... Oh, he speaks Spanish, and he yeah, couldn't get it? and I was saying, Carmencita, yeah. Carmencita, Carmencita. And he... Carmela, Carmela? Like, he could not get it. And wow. I was like, it's not that... I was like, Carmen, little Carmen. And I said it like the English way, Carmen. Yeah. Carmen Sita. Yeah. Couldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. Huh. So that happens a lot, though. Carmen Sita. No problema para Carmen Sita. Isn't your husband Spanish? He's from Argentina. Argentina? Mm -hmm. But there's none of that in your blood, right? Nope. You're pretty white. Thanks. No, I mean, that's not a problem. <laughs> you pimp essential oils, correct? I'm a pimp, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I can attest to one of them. What's it called? You should know. You don't no, use you it. You should know. You don't use it enough. I don't have it anymore. You gave it away? Uh, I gave it to my parents. Aww. Yeah. They need it more than I do. And then how did you tell them how to use it? How do you think I told them how to use it? I told them how to use it, how you would use it if you were going to use it, which is either drops on the bottom of your feet or balls out sticking <laughs> that shit in your mouth. There you go. You know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. I'm sure that's not how you pitch it, but um, that is it, correct? Yeah. And what is the product called? You don't remember? No. It's called On Guard. You know why? Because I'm not away. taking it. Yeah. So I don't have it. You need some more. But you used it, right? I absolutely did. As a matter of fact, I now have a returning condition uh, partially based on not using it anymore. Is I get these little sores on my shoulder, little something. I know it's good for skin and wounds and healing and hmm. stuff like that. It also did something else for me. I don't remember. But I bought a bottle and I sent it. I had it and shipped to my to family. Too. I don't know if they're doing anything with it, yeah. but that's not my responsibility. No. I only deliver the medicine. I huh. can't, you know. Well, it's really good for the immune system. So whatever is on your shoulder, I know your bumps. Yeah, I don't have any. So I'll, we'll have to work All that right. out somehow. Uh, and what is the name of this company that you and everybody, every other female in this town, works for? Not only female, just so you know. Mostly female, I yes, would imagine. Yes, mostly female. Okay. It takes a lot longer for the husbands and boys. <laughs> to be brainwashed into helping you to make money and become No, leaders. for them to understand. Oh, I understand. <laughs> Thanks. It's called doTERRA, and I'm very proud. How do you spell that? D-O with a little line over the O. Uh-huh. I don't know what that's called. T-E-R-R-A. So that's what you do in addition to raising your children and making tamales. And sewing. And sewing. What's the sewing? And belly dancing. You still do that? Not really. I teach fitness classes, but I'm not really teaching belly dancing right now. Where do you teach fitness classes? In Medford, Society One Fitness. Cool. Is that your job job? No, this doTERRA, the oils, is my job job. Okay, okay. Well, that's what I choose because that's what I like the best. Okay, that's how we should operate. You should do what you like the best. doTERRA is uh, it's a big company. I mean, it's uh, huge. Yeah. What are essential oils anyway? Not everybody knows. Even yeah, that's Everybody true. here probably knows, but... <laughs> so essential oils are from plants. So okay. they're basically just the aromatic compounds that come from plants. So if you walk by a peppermint plant, you'll smell it. Uh -huh. You know, if you rub your fingers on it, you'll get the, the smell of the peppermint plant. So there's like little oil sacks on the plant. Okay. But they come from, you know, any part of the plant. So maybe it's the stems, the roots, the bark, the flowers... The leaves? The leaves, okay. exactly. All right. Yeah. And and there's, of course, m more than we could possibly imagine, but mm -hmm. uh, this company, uh, they do all the processing and everything? or is Well, it's actually from all over the world. So they source the oils where they grow the best 
farmers all over the world, fair trade. They treat the people that they work with very well. And they, they also um, make sure that the crop is sustainable. So they'll stop um, selling the oil if it's not a sustainable crop. So it's, if it's harming the farms or anything. Right. Cool. So it's a conscious company. Very conscious. Okay. How long have you been doing it? Well, I just made the decision to kind of drop some of my other things that really? I'm doing. Yes, well, that I sounds made like a previous conversation we may have had. Did you tell me to do that? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a hard time saying no because I want to help everybody and do everything. So I was working at two restaurants and two kids and husband, and I sew. I have my own sewing company. What? Yeah. What do you sew? I sew everything. What does that mean, sew everything, Betsy Ross? <laughs> okay, I don't like alterations. Ah. So, yeah. But right now I'm about to start... There's another bumper sticker you can retire on. <laughs> what, I don't like alterations? Yes. Do go away. <laughs> well, no, you didn't have to say any more than I don't like alterations. <laughs> oh. Three words. What was your other bumper sticker? I'd rather be watching Lost. Was that it? Yep. Okay. Well, somebody else has already printed a million of those, <laughs> and they're on cars all over someplace Perfect. else. I bet they are. Uh-huh. Well, we're, uh, they're ahead in Asia, so they've already heard this yesterday. Oh, right. That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you sewing? Costumes, shirts, underwear? Oh, no, definitely not shirts and underwear. Dresses? Okay, so if I was just doing what I want to be doing, I'd probably be sewing swimsuits. Oh, Hence the Hawaii thing. Slightly obsessed with swimsuits. So that's what I'm working on. Lucky for your husband. You get to try them on all the time. Like, and he hey, gets to look at this, them, right? Yeah. Like, he's always like, that looks awesome. Good job. Yeah. But he's actually, he's pretty good at saying, eh, no, it should be higher here or lower here. I mean, he's with you all the time. He's, yeah. he's a good objective, you know, partner. Yeah, he's yeah. very helpful. Yeah, that's cool. I'm about to start a job for his company, actually. Uh, making curtains, but they're supposed to be ritzy, like fancy curtains oh. that are going to go off to New York, oh. some big fancy place, and possibly to go to London. Wow, I like how you articulate the word curtains. Curtains. <laughs> well, most people just say, hey, can you close the curtains? Cur- curtains. I, I, I wonder if I always say it like that. Well, I, really I appreciate that you're speaking clearly and that you can speak well. Well, I did grow up in theater. Did you? What does that mean? <laughs> well, it means that I know how to say the lips, the teeth, and the tip of the tongue. Wow. I just watched you say all that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you mean you were raised in theater? So in Hawaii, my, my mom's a theater person. She grew up doing community theater. Oh. So... Where did she grow up? She grew up in Tacoma. Oh, Washington. Washington. Yeah. yeah. So, but in Hawaii, when, when we were all there, all of us were in theater. Oh. We... Were you a theater family? <clears throat> like... Kind of. Not, my dad wasn't so much. He was like, why are you doing that? But good, take the kids away probably. You I don't got, know. Were you guys in performances together? Yeah. Like well, the well, family? My mom, um, yeah. Huh. No, I don't know if all of us were in all together, but you know, sometimes Brady my mom. Yeah. yeah, no, not like that. Okay. But sometimes my mom was a director and then I would be in the show and, you know, brother would be backstage, you know, like we all had different parts. Huh. And we kind of circulated, you know, I've tried backstage and, you know, sometimes just making out under the stage. Right. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Grew up in theater. How long did you do theater from what age to what age, do you think? As long as I can remember, really. So you were in many performances. Oh, yeah. Huh. What was your favorite play you ever did and character? Huh. It was a flying monkey. I don't know if that was my favorite, though. 
Did you have lines as a flying monkey? No, I okay. did not. So the one that keeps coming to my mind, I was actually not super happy with um, my role. <laughs> my mom was a director, so I kind of thought I should get the, the lead part, and I didn't. Um, ah, nepotism did not work. <laughs> Quality so rang out. I was the mom of Clever Jack and the Magic Beanstalk. How old were you at the time? Oh, God, I don't know. Like 11. 11. You were playing a mom really at 11. Don't know. Okay. Yeah. Was it all kids, obviously? Yeah. Okay. And my son was um, a girl. Okay. Your Should mom I... did all the casting? I think so. Did yeah. she destroy lives through this experience? Only temporarily. We burned some uh, some of, well, all of the uh, the programs and... Did you say you burned them? We burned them. Protest or...? Yeah, we... Well, after. After the show was Really? Over, like, we were what, like... You, oh. All the actors got together like Lord of the Flies and just got burned all the programs? You know, some of it is coming back to me. Like, there was some chaos in that show. Like, some very dramatic people, you know... These were all children, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, but it was... It was Lord of the Flies. It was wild. And your mom's orchestrating this whole thing, or not? <laughs> I don't know. What was the play called? Clever Jack and the Magic Beanstalk. What's the story about? It's Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't recognize the clever in front of it. <laughs> Even though we destroyed everything from that show, I do wish I could see it again and see... The show? Yeah. Maybe they. Maybe somebody Did has somebody a video? tape it? Probably. You should ask your mother. Yeah, we have. We've looked for it. So theater, that's all cool. I had no idea that you were a theatrical young lady. Now, does that have any bearing on you? And how did this translate into you becoming a belly dancer? So actually, not bell, like really belly dancing, but I started by playing a belly dancer in a show. Actually, ah. I was a courtesan. Courtesan, yeah. Courtesan. Uh -huh. So I was like a whore, ah. but a belly dancer one. It was like a house of them. And I was... Yeah, I was As 14, so I didn't get it. I didn't even really know what the show was about. Well, maybe that's okay. Yeah, and but now... But you were able to pull it off. Oh, yeah. I was great. I yeah. was, you know, I was in a belly dance costume. Right. So, but I didn't... Did you have lines? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just dance? I think I maybe did a little dance. Okay. Then what? I got curious about what belly dancing was, huh. and I met somebody around that, like, while I was in that show. How old were you? 14? 14. Okay. I started boxing at the same time also. Huh. How'd you get into that? Um, I went with a friend of mine. We we had to go together because we were 14. Right. And we just decided that we would try this boxing club okay. and just start boxing through, together. Through school? No, it wasn't through school. Huh. You were in middle school at the time at 14, right? No, I was in high school. At 14? I told you I was like young. Like, I think I started, I think that was my freshman year. Seems awful young. Yeah, I know it was. So you started boxing. How'd you, and you still do that? No. How long did you do that? Not that long. I was in a couple of boxing matches and... How'd you do? Well, the first one, we flew to Maui and we won for most outstanding bout that night. We just went at it. Who's just like we? Me and the girl that I was fighting. Okay. And what I found out was that her dad was one of the refs and I was like, hey, that's not fair. And I was so out of it. I came home with a black guy and my neck hurt so bad. How'd you do though? I mean, well, I didn't win. No, but how many how many rounds did the fight go? I think the whole time. Huh? I think yeah, I think we made it the whole time, and it was really close. It was like 53, 54, or ah. something like super close. So I was close to winning. The funny thing is, like, I was so out of it. I mean, and you I, were fourteen doing this? 
Yeah, I yeah. think I was 14. I, I don't know well, if I had been 15. Times, right? Yeah, I accidentally left home with the the winning trophy. <laughs> so there were two. You you got a trophy. It's a little smaller. Yeah, yeah. Or you got the slightly bigger one. Yeah. But the best part was that the biggest trophy was the one from winning the most outstanding bout. Oh. So I got that one anyway, and then I came home with another one. And it was funny because all the guys, you know, it was like one girl, me, and then all these guys boxing. Right. Um, I took the biggest trophy home. What'd you do to her? She got a bloody nose. Oh, nice. That. Yeah. But yeah, I had a black eye. My, my boyfriend wouldn't look at me at that time. Because you're a black eye? Yeah. He wouldn't hang out with me. Did he, he didn't like your boxing? He didn't like it. What did your family think about you boxing? Obviously, they supported you. Your mom yeah. flew you to the yeah. match. No, my mom didn't fly me. I went with them, with the boxing people. They didn't go? Your parents no, didn't parents go? my parents didn't go. None of your family members were there? No. Who, who was your support? Your coach? My coach okay. and the other guys that I boxed with. Okay. Huh. Actually, you know what? Now that I remember, there was another girl that came. She was very much a tomboy. She was from the other side of the island, so I didn't really know her. Is that like the other side of the tracks? It's like Ashland Medford. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, you yeah. just, you don't, you yeah, know, go right. there. Yeah, those people. Yeah, those yeah. people. So, yeah. and I fought against that girl that, that I had flown with. So I kind of got to know her, which felt really weird to be boxing somebody I knew. I don't know why. Right. But I, I gave up in the second round, I think. So it was, it was way more awkward than the first one. It was, they were very strict. This was actually in Hilo. Uh-huh. They made us wear the big plastic protective covering and like these cups and like... I was so uncomfortable. When I was in the ring with this girl, I just I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I decided. And, oh. and I quit, like, in the ring. You were like Ferdinand. I was like, hey, um, this is not for me. Right. I'm going to... Ch- and I actually chose, in that moment, I chose belly dancing over boxing. Wow. I remember that decision in the ring. And I remembered, you know, how long it took me to recover the first time. And I was like, I do not want that. So did you go down? I don't think so. So how did you... Did you just put your hand up in the air and, like, call it... Uncle? I probably just, when they took me back to the corner... Oh, you said that's it. I probably was just like, I'm done. I okay. Don't, I don't really remember. Second round. I was just over it. Yeah. Okay. And then how long after your fighting career did you start belly dancing? Well, I did them. I started them at the same time. I think I started belly dancing first. And I just took a class with um, this lady who, you know, I heard belly danced. And they would perform at a restaurant in downtown um, Kailua. Uh-huh. On the Big Island. And they owned the restaurant. It's called Dirty Jake's. Uh-huh. It's like a bar and grill. And it was like... Were they uh, Hawaiian people? No. And I don't really remember her ethnicity, but her I think her family was from Mexico. So she huh. might have been... But she didn't look Mexican at all. Huh. Bridget Little was her name. She was like this beautiful, like tiny little waist and like giant boobs. like, yeah. And uh, her daughter danced and it was like her... I think her cousins and like so it was like a whole family thing right so they threw me in like I took a class she taught me a couple things and I had been you know dancing was my background I did jazz and tap and gymnastics and all that stuff so I caught on and hula you know my whole life so I caught on really quickly right and they just threw me in like I just started dancing at the restaurant at 14 and just you were getting paid went from there yeah well I don't know if I was getting paid or just tips I think it was just tips okay yeah and that's how it started and then the reason I actually wanted to take belly dancing because I thought I already knew how to do it because my dad taught me how to roll my stomach when I was little. Ah. And I was like, I so can do that. So you felt intuitively yeah, like, dialed in. And did you did you pick it up quickly? Yeah, but it wasn't all about just the stomach. Right. So, yeah, I learned now, you know, I, I can control it a little bit better. I can, you know, do both directions. But I've seen you do it. 
Yeah. That's how I discovered you. Probably. Well, not probably. <laughs> it, is, it is. At Agave? Where did you... Where no, 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 no. It was on A Street at Bohemia uh, Gallery 100 yeah. years ago. Yeah. When you were doing a show and you were oh, on we were some on elevated counter. thing. That's right. And and I was right in front of you. And that's not the first time I saw you dance. Uh-huh. It was really cool when, when we found the people that were actually fascinated and interested in the technique of it. Uh-huh. Because that's what we were doing. We, you know, this is now. This is like many, many years later. So right. when I started 14, I, I took from all these different teachers. Every town that I lived in, I tried to find belly dancing and learn more. So when I came here and met Emily... It was very different, and I got into the troupe right away um, in Circus Tribal, and it was pretty cool. It was just a great experience, and then we, we would travel down to the Bay Area and learn from Suhaila Salampur, a lot more of the technique. Mm-hmm. So you can take you know, any style that you want and just add the technique and you know, layering and isolations. It's pretty fascinating. So how long did you do that? I don't know. It was like five or six years. Okay. I still like dancing, and I've thought about performing here and there. But yeah, it's not like, I don't know, it's not the same. Like, I, I'd rather just dance in front of my mirror by myself. Huh. Oh, look, that's like a doTERRA backpack. The backpack they gave to us at convention when I went. Okay. My husband It's and a I. nice backpack. So there were like 30,000 people there, and we all had the same backpacks. Oh, that's very corporate. But I love the backpack. No, it's a nice backpack. It's great. And there's even in the, the little pocket on the front, there's little places to put all your oils. That's very corporate and intentional. It's awesome. And smart and it good. Smart. So didn't I photograph your wedding? You did. Well, I think we didn't have very much money to spend on a wedding. Oh, so you called me. So we, we <laughs> called a friend. You didn't charge me very much. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. I don't know if you listen or have heard of Abraham Hicks. Do you know who that is? Is he like a black dude mm. poet? Okay. Keep going. This is no, funny. No, that's Keep it. going. What no, else? That's it. <laughs> He's not black is, is and he's not be- a poet. <laughs> is that because of the the name? Or you're, you think maybe... I'm associating with someone that I thought that I saw that I heard that I think that it was that it isn't, so it doesn't matter. And that's awesome. Right. <laughs> um, so Abraham Hicks is actually like an entity. Esther Hicks is the wife, and Jerry Hicks was the husband. Uh-huh. He, he passed away. He croaked is how she likes to say it. But uh-huh. Esther basically talks from the entity as Abraham Hicks. So she does speeches all over the place and talks about you know law of attraction and you know gratitude and appreciation and getting in your vortex and just really fascinating like I'll put this on when I'm washing dishes just even when I'm just in a horrible place and grumpy and mad at the kids or frustrated about anything and just it reminds you like get into a good place raise your vibrations like get into a good frequency and those are the things you're going to be attracting you know something like money like this comes up for me too if you're like in the space of lack and like, hey, I don't have this, I don't have enough money, that's what you're drawing toward sure. you. When you're feeling gratitude and like, more of that will come to you. Sure. Yeah, it's... I agree with that. It is an energetic, uh, reflective thing. So speaking of entities, then you'll appreciate this. Have you ever heard of the book, Seth Speaks? I have heard of it. Did you read it? No. I, I think I maybe heard of it from you. How would I have brought that up? Because you've never brought up entity conversation before. So Seth Speaks. Seth Speaks. Tell me about it. Uh, It's uh, from the 70s, 1970s. This woman and her husband, she was the channeler and her husband was the documenter. And for years, they accumulated volumes of information from Seth, who would come through her 
and uh, tell you everything you want to know about what it does, how it works, all those things, and it's very reasonable information. So I read the book, and it's fantastic. So since you brought that up, if, if you're into reading things... Yeah, I actually, I, I swear, it, it must have been you that told me about that book, and I wrote it down. Huh. I was like, ah, oh, I need to look that up. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I've actually been reading so much more because once I got on this path of like, hey, do better, you know, get out of all of like the bad things I was doing as a kid, and you know, even now, like even eating sugar and all these bad things that I could do, I am choosing to to pick things that make me feel good, you know, follow the joy. Like I did yoga before I came here because right. it feels good, and the the essential oils and juicing, and yeah, I'm following what feels good though. Yeah. That, and that's what I want to teach people is follow what feels good. And hey, if those cookies, like I just actually made a bunch of cookies and that in the any? moment, no, but I looked at them and I was like, should I bring some of these to Mark? Wow. You thought about it and then you decided not to? Yeah. That's fucked up. It was. But here's the thing. I ate so many of them that I only had three left and I know my son really likes them. So. Okay. <laughs> What are people reading? I'm, I'm very interested because books have literally changed my life. Yeah, There's no seriously. doubt that since I moved to Ashland and just before moving to Ashland, read one specific book that actually relates to someone in Ashland, my whole life did a, uh, a 180. Hmm. Do you want to share that? Uh, yeah. it's uh, I read Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. I've heard of that one also. Who lives in Ashland. Read it in San Francisco just before I moved to Ashland, not knowing that the author of that fine piece of material would significantly unlock everything for me. Right. And that word was gratitude. Mm -hmm. That shit unlocked fucking the whole world Seriously. opened up. Literally, 30 pages into that book, I was on the phone with my dad. I'd read the first 30 pages and it really was talking about gratitude. That's what I recall. And how important that that literally is the key to unlock the universe. And maybe those specific words that it's the key to unlock the universe. And I was on the phone with my father and I started talking about it. I go, yeah, dad, I'm reading this book and talking about gratitude. And my dad started kind of divulging some kind of spiritual side of him that he'd never revealed to me before. And so that was cool. And then I hung up the phone and I'm sweeping up in the kitchen. We had this beautiful flat. We were paid $1,400 a month for in San Francisco. And I'm sweeping the floor, sweeping the floor. And I start saying thank you over and over, awesome. over and over to the point where I'm in tears, <laughs> pounding on the floor, yeah, yelling thank you, like so going to town with the thank yous. So I kind of snap out of this out-of-body experience I have, and it's like, whoa, what the fuck was that? So I decided to go to Blockbuster Video back when you Woo, could rent a I video. I don't remember the video I rented, but I go in, I get a, a video, and I come back out to the car, and I turn on the radio, and it says you're welcome like 15 times. What? And that was it. What a trip. I'm driving down the street now. I see lumber that spells out I love you. The colors of yep. the fucking world are popping. My whole perception of my reality has shifted. And this is just before I moved to the town that would take me completely over to the other side. <laughs> After being an angry young man for many years, misguided, misinformed, misinterpreted, mistaken, missing out on me, and, and all this, and then culminating in me reading this book, which I paid my daughter $45 to read, by oh, the wow. way. Good job. Yeah. Why not 44 Good question. You should ask her for a dollar back. I will. <laughs> 
Um, I could use it. <laughs> and she probably has it. And then coming here and going through a whole nother internal exercise with Acacia Land, who I did a show with here, who became my spiritual muse. Cool. Really. And uh, flipped me inside out more. And then created this person who's now available for other people to talk to and work their shit out with. So, yeah, that was the quintessential piece of writing that began to put me on a different path. Very cool. Immediately, I think of a ton of different books, so I just want to quickly tell you my background with reading. I hated reading yeah. as a kid, just like my eight-year-old does now. He, he's only supposed to read 20 minutes a day, but he hates it. Yeah. We found some books that he likes. He likes this book uh, series called The Littles, so we've been reading that. So, yeah, you have to find something that you like. When I found Harry Potter, as everybody loves, I was so into it, and I read all of them. So I wasn't into reading. My sisters, my mom, love reading. Like, they would just dive into a book and disappear. Yeah. And they still do, and they all just love. They read, like, these stories I don't understand, and, like, I, I just get distracted. I'm sitting there reading, and I don't, I don't know what's going on, so I start thinking about my own life. So those aren't the kind of books for me, like sci-fi, whatever, you know, fantasy. I'm all about the self-education, uh -huh. you know, like growing myself. So books like that where you're like, huh, what else is out there in this right. world? Gratitude. So the first book that I read that really kind of made me feel more awake, Celestine Prophecy. <laughs> I read that to my kids. Huh. Cool. I read that to my little kids and stopped along the way. And explained. It's a fucking awesome book. It was so trippy. Yeah. And I read that one a bunch of times and I also started giving it away. But while I was going so through that, so many things changed. Like, you know, because there's a, a place in the book that they talk about the energy of different things, like including plants. Right. So, you know, oh, it would tell I, you like. I just had a flashback of the scene in the garden yeah, where they're talking about yeah, the plants. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've found now I'm like better at finding those places. Like, okay, find a place that feels amazing, like when you're out in nature right. and like be there in that place. And like, you know, it's all like it's a vibrational world. Like, that's sure. like I'm starting to believe that even more as I go. Um, everything is energy. So being around people and things and, you know, stuff that makes you feel really good and right. gives you the, the high vibes and, like, good energies. Right. Like, that's what you want to do. So follow those. Right. So with that, like, that book kind of just awakened me in so many different ways. Like, there was a chapter. Oh, my gosh. There was a chapter, I think, chapter eight. Which is two fours, by the way. That was for you. Yeah. I think that that's a chapter about non-attachment to people. Ah, yeah. And at that time... After, I don't know if it was like during the chapter or I read the whole chapter. I broke up with my boyfriend at that time. And like it was just, you know, I learned a lot about me. How and then, old were you when you read it? This was like 17 or 18. Okay. And then, you know, I didn't really get more onto the, the journey of reading yet. When I found doTERRA like three years ago, I started really diving in mm. to like learning, growing myself. The first book that they recommend is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Mm -hmm. Incredible. It's the basic thing about this book is that you're doing a little bit every day, like on the upward scale. Like, would you do like five push-ups every day? Or okay. would you smoke a cigarette every day? You know, are you okay. going up or are you going down? And right. taking full responsibility for your life and all of your actions. Like, I didn't fully get, you know, all of that from this book. But now I'm realizing, like... That's what we all have to do. Take sure. full responsibility. Do good things, like on the upward scale. Like, yeah, you can slip a little bit, but, you know, in general, like reading 10 pages of a good book each mm -hmm. day. You know, little actions. Right. 
another book is the the big leap Hmm. i don't remember who that one is that one was more about your limiting beliefs Uh and when you get to like the best place that you've been and you always get to this place and then something bad happens you know, What's the sabotage mechanism? Yeah, what is your limiting belief? Right. Like, hey, I can only get this successful, and then something happens. Like, right. Now I keep thinking that you told me about this, but something came up recently about why are we teaching our kids to brush our teeth and take care of our bodies and not as much their emotional side of things? Well, well this is everything. What other books have you read that have turned you on, so to speak? I'm reading one now that's that's interesting. It's something that already made sense to me. It's called The Go-Giver. Huh. Basically, giving, you know? Like, it's important to give other people, not even things, but give time and just helping others and, you know, being of value. It's something that just comes natural to me, but I do, like, it's good to be reminded, you know? When I applied for this uh, second restaurant job, I had a normal, boring resume. I hate writing resumes. They're the worst. They're, it's the worst. Yeah. But you know what? This resume, I actually just looked at it. I came across, I'm like, this is awesome. I rewrote the whole thing. I, I did put some time frames, but not You talk like, about, I love what I do and this and that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm passionate about what I do. And I, I'm looking for a job that will help me grow and learn and I can be of value to people that are around me and just right. like be the best person I can be wherever I am. Right. And I put it on sparkly paper. Oh, really? <laughs> it was awesome. And he actually liked the paper too. I think it was to challenge myself and hmm. see how powerful I can be just by making a choice like that. I right. got the job and then I was like, hey, I have a lot of things going on and now I can let this job go and help more people, serve more people and, and just do what I love. You know, I like being there, but I'm just like nonstop. Like I don't even get to eat. Right. It's like super fast pace. Right. So now I, I, I like the equanimity. I like, you know, just everything's just chill. You know, I take my oils to be a little more chill, just kind of go with the flow. A lot of the time I just want to hang out in bed reading so I can have some quiet time. I get to make that choice and it's right. fun. Like I love just go drop off kids, snuggle back up in bed, read, and then, hey, if I want to have an appointment, I don't have to make it anytime soon. Right. Like, take your time in the morning. Like, I try not to set things till at least 1030. Yeah. Time only has one purpose. It's for organizing. Have it you really seen does the movie not. Lucy? No. It's a trippy movie. You should watch it. I heard it. about that. It was pretty trippy. And yeah, like, time is the only thing that even... Well, it's an illusion. We manufacture yeah. time as an organizational tool, which is part of our suffering is... We're so stuck in this uncomfortable, unnatural way of operating. And so that's what time has done, is because we put more value on it than it really deserves, frankly. I totally see that. And I've been noticing it more. You know, that's important, just having the awareness of it and being conscious. Yeah, I definitely get stressed and mean and not nice, you know, not a nice mom when it's like time to rush off to school and... I remember these days, I didn't want to get up and like wake up, get out of this nice warm bed, get clothes on, eat food. I get it. Like I I totally see my kids' perspectives. And then I'm also in this, you know, I chose to put them in school. I don't know. I'm in this place of, I've never actually wanted to homeschool and suddenly like, huh. Well, this is the trend. I had uh, Flora Chapowski here who after like third grade was done. She told her mom, I am not going to school. She's an incredible artist. Lovely young woman and very mature and living a fantastic life for the most part. And most of our children don't discover this till much later. And frankly, 
I think they're losing a big chunk of their explorative lives because they're stuck in this paradigm of an old school way of imparting information and the information itself that has a lackluster bit of relevancy to their experience, which they're starting to rebel against. And you are feeling this, and this is good. This is, this is how we're evolving, is seeing the relevance and importance in how we've structured our, our existence, our experience, and the value proposition involved with that. And we're seeing that the way we're doing things is becoming less and less valuable and more and more hurtful and harmful to us. And, and that's what evolution is, is, you know, it's adopting new behavior patterns and uh, coming up with better ways for us to live better lives together, really, is the yeah. bottom line. So, um, and school is not the way, in the way that we're doing it. You can see this is why children are drug addicts, killing themselves, disconnected, more into gaming, more into destructive behavior, uh, more disconnected from each other to maturity around technology. All these things well, are I mean, that's just generation too. It's not, right. that's not because of school necessarily. Yes, I think this all is due to a poor demonstration of how to educate human beings. Yeah, I think people definitely need to kind of like I've been saying, follow what feels good. So the kids should be allowed to sleep in, like as we should. Sleep till you feel good, you're ready to wake up, get up, eat what feels good, you know, like go for a walk, read a book that feels good, you know, like follow just the good feelings. Like for the kids, maybe they want to like, go to the park. And they will have experiences and meet people and learn. And Of you course, know, that's, and that's learning. Yeah, that is that's Travel. like the joy of it. Exactly. Yes. I'm... Yeah, I really want to take those kids. I wanted to more. take my son to Thailand this year. It didn't work out, yeah. but he's excited to go. And it took me 55 years to leave. And that's what these kids need is they need the hope and knowing that this is not it. This is just a way that we've chosen in this country to do something. Mm -hmm. And on many levels, it's better than other ways in other places. But in other levels, it's much worse than other places. And children cannot find out anything unless they have contrast. No. no human being can make a different decision exactly. unless they're presented with a different opportunity to perceive something differently. Right. And so that is not part of our curriculum in teaching children. Yeah. They're mostly getting regurgitated historical shit that's painful and terrible to have I to don't revisit. Any of it. Yeah. So if you don't remember, then there's not a lot of value there. Yeah. You only hold on to what you can appreciate and what uh, adds value to your exactly. life. So if you don't remember any of it, that's a big problem. Oh, I'm just thinking about my son. I knew that at some point you might make me cry on the show. Well, that's not the goal ever. I'm just really sensitive, and it just reminds me, like, my son has been saying, like, I just want to die. And I'm like, of course, I don't want that for him. You know, and I don't want him to feel that way. And what is it? And, like, this is just reminding me, like, when he's feeling good and he's passionate, he's drawing and he's creative and he's, like of life and like that's always what I want to see from him that's all he wants of course that's all any of us want of course I know that and so you know like that is freedom <sighs> so it's tough to be in a system that is not designed to support human beings Seriously. this is not we are not taught to even serve each other he came home the other day and he said hey what did you learn in school today we we learned about gratitude he said and I was like ah. awesome like that that was that was great and he he said one other word i don't know what it was not optimism it was something so another word that was just yeah. like a good word like great like that's what i want to be teaching you at home too perfect yeah that's all great but there has to be consistency yeah you can't just talk about gratitude yeah, and it's once. not just one teacher it's not a one-off 
this is part of a curriculum is totally. everybody is huddled up and decided we are going to mold amazing human beings. Yeah. That is our job is to develop a super high level, high conscious, high functioning human being who's very healthy and wants the health of others to be at a very high level as well. If we would just leverage even what we already know, we don't need any new information. Right. No new information is necessary. We've had the sun above our head since the beginning of time, yet we have energy problems. We have people dying of thirst and we're surrounded by water. It's an embarrassment to be a human knowing what I know, and I'm just another fucking idiot. I'm not an optimist. I'm like Kurt Vonnegut. I'm a hopefulist. Based on what I know, I hope that we figure it out. I don't know that we will. I don't have any faith in humanity because we're fuck-ups, because we keep perpetuating behavior. But we're looking at a teeny tiny window of our development, really, honestly. And it's up to us at some point, you know, the power of now. Did you ever read Eckhart Tolle? Yeah. Yep. All right, another book. Another book. Yeah. I paid my son $5 to put headphones on and listen to it for three hours. And then he took the headphones off and I said, well, what did you think? He goes, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> huh. Awesome. Three-hour investment. I didn't have to do anything. I gave him five bucks and some headphones. headphones. So meanwhile, we're shoving kids in buildings, yeah. wasting their whole day, and then wasting their whole night with homework. Hopefully, they will decide intelligently to start family, and they will breed and develop other human beings at a high level. It's, that's all evolution is, is teaching our kids how to do it right, and then them perpetuating that and doing it better than we ever did. You all right? Yeah. I was looking for two things. I was looking for tissues and... I, I was, have those. And I was looking for time. I can do tissues and time. Let me get tissues, and while I get tissues, I'll find out about time. Look where I live. I'm certainly not starving by looking at me. <laughs> I live in like this very cute French hotel room right downtown Ashland. With free candy right there. Free motherfucking candy homes. Dude, I'm hooked up. I got people that love me. I have plenty of friends. My kids are healthy. So I have to just surrender yep. most of the time. And when I do, as you can see, I have, it all works out fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do out loud say thank you all the time. This is a cooperative and collaborative experience. There's no doubt about that. You're not doing everything and, and whatever else is not doing everything. It has to be done together. So I, I have to acknowledge and appreciate that I know I'm not doing this by myself and that I'm getting a lot of really good stuff to work with. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. It's always really great to see you, Gloria. And uh, You that. too, Clever Mark. Clever Mark. Clever Mark. I like that. I'll take and it. the Magic Beanstalk. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, until the next time that we meet, uh, hopefully it'll be over tamales. Oh, you mean like eating them? Not yeah. Like hovering over them? No, no. I'd love to have tamales with you. That'd cool. be really good. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun talking to Gloria. She's really glorious, truly. Lovely woman. Love that she's my friend. Cool that we can just chat, hang out, do stuff like that. Love that she's a family lady, doing the best she can, and is conscious around uh, raising her family, uh, making sure that her people are healthy. She is an evolutionary step for us, 
and uh, those of us that are doing things a little differently than our parents and uh, looking out for the future of all of us. Gloria is one of these champions who, uh, who's conscious about the type of human being that she's developing in conjunction with her husband. So uh, super cool, great lady. Uh, the car didn't kill me. It's gonna be hard to kill me. I mean, we're hard to kill and easy to kill. It's, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but uh, clearly it was not my time to go. And so here I am. Okay, much love to you next week. Who do we have next week? We've got somebody. Someone's coming on. Oh, we got something a little special next week. I'm not telling you. Okay, word your mother's uncle. And I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, another 44. Dang, girl. Okay. You better get your dudes out of there. They're um, going, they're going, they're heading. No, but stuff. you still got four dudes left on your 44. Okay, well, they can move four. So you can do four there. One, two, three, four. Right, and then you don't have to take all of them out. Now you're here, right? You want to start coming in. Move okay. those four. One, two, three, four. Right. Suck it. We're Suck it and go. Whatever you're doing is not working. There's only one way you can change that, and that's to change what you do, 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 change what you do. I am Citizen 44.